guys who are hanging in with us tonight. Sorry that we started a few minutes late on YouTube, but we are so glad to be here now. You guys, figuring out COVID, not an easy task, but we're doing it, right? Technology, it's a thing. Jimmy, I'm so pumped for tonight. I'm so excited, Heather. <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Heather. I'm one of the pastors here. You haven't seen me much recently because I just had a baby. He's amazing. My second son. That sounds like, like a bakery or coffee shop or something. Second son. Yeah, we should start it. Um, Jimmy, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? Great. Yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jimmy. Um, I'm going to be a junior this year. I go to see students. Um, I'm just excited to be here, Heather. <laughs> so good. Well, you guys, I'm pumped because we are starting a brand new series tonight in the book of Ephesians. This is going to be good. If you have your Bible, go ahead and pull it out. And if you have a Bible, you should have it with you because you're probably at home. And I'm guessing your Bible's at home, or you can pull it up on the interweb, as I like to say. And follow along, starting in Ephesians. I'm excited about this. I wanted to start this series really with a classic youth group talk. Just really classic. You guys know what I mean, right? If you've ever been at a youth group, if you haven't, well, now you get to hear one. Basically, it goes like this. There's a kid who's a basketball player. But then in the first game of his senior year, he blows out his knee. And he's like, without basketball, who am I? And then he finds his identity in Jesus. It's the best talk, you guys. This is the good news. Our identity is in Christ, right? And maybe you haven't blown out your knee, but you've blown out your metaphorical knee. We all have in COVID, okay? We've all had what we've known stripped away from us, and we're trying to figure out who we are in this new uncharted territory, right? A few months ago, if someone would have asked you to describe yourself, you might have said something along the lines of, I'm a high school student at my school, or I'm a senior going off to college in the fall. I'm a supporting role in my school musical. I'm a weekly attender of CA students. I play sports, or even I watch sports. Neither of those things has probably been true recently. I'm a kids' church volunteer. I'm part of the worship team. I'm a beach lover, and I go every chance I get. I'm part of a family who loves to travel. Maybe those would have been some of the things that you would have used to describe yourself, but in COVID land, many of those are not true. I don't know if any of the things on that list would have been able to stay the same, right? Literally all of that would be different now. So the first question of the night, and Instagram, put it in the chat, YouTube, same. What is something that is a core part of who you are that has been different because of COVID? Okay, so what's, what's something that's a core part of who you are that has been different, changed, altered because of COVID. We're gonna ask Jimmy, and then we're gonna see what you guys are saying in the chat. Jimmy, what about you? Yeah, well, um, if anyone knows me, you know that I'm a very big people person. I love hanging out with friends. I'm a big extrovert. So I need to be with people 24 seven. My mom says I'm out of the house more than, more than I am in the house, um, which is so true of me. And then COVID hit, and then I started realizing, I'm like, well, I can't see people if I'm just going to be alone. 
And actually, Heather, surprisingly, I found that I like being alone sometimes. I never thought, no, like, actually, like, if you told me two months ago, three months ago, that I would like being alone, I would not have believed you. But being alone for three months, I guess maybe I'm telling myself that I like being alone. But um, I don't know, it's just very um, life-giving to be alone. So that's something that has completely changed for me during COVID. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you really go from seeing people yeah. all the time to just seeing the people in your house. Yes, and, and on screens. <laughs> yeah. What are people saying um, in the chat? Uh, what about for you on Instagram, Jimmy? Yes. And Milani says, no CA students in person. Oh, Seriously. Yes. Sarah says, same, being social and hugs. So relatable, I miss hugs. Uh, da -da -da. <laughs> Ian says, high fives. Wow, I miss high fives. Um, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of socializing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing some like positive things, right? Tammy says, time to work out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I get to draw more and art is my passion. That's a huge positive. Um, Winston says playing basketball is a core part of me, but because of COVID, I haven't been able to play. Seriously, Th these are real things, you guys. What else? Um, yes, Lois says I have a feeling that COVID land is going to be a board game in 2030. <laughs> make it happen, somebody make it happen. Yes, um, Andrew, not being able to be at here physically at CA and mm. seeing all of your friends at CA students, that's a real thing. You guys, this so is, these are the things. It's different now, right? And what I wanna say tonight is that maybe, just maybe, that's a good thing to have things shifted a little because it's not just the surface level things that are different, it's some of the deeper things too, right? Maybe you would have said before COVID that I'm a person who has never really thought about the impact of racism before. And now in this unique season that I'm gonna group into COVID because that's what's been going on lately, you've all of a sudden been thinking about that and engaging in that conversation in a really important way. Maybe you would have said, I'm someone who feels God's presence almost every week when we worship together at CA Students. And now you're having to come to grips with what does it look like to experience God's presence by myself at my house. Maybe you would have said, I'm easygoing and I don't worry too much about the future. But now you're like, well, uh-oh, that's not true anymore. And you're experiencing anxiety and worry for the first time in your life or in a new way. Like I said, maybe, just maybe, that's a good thing tonight. Because when you blow out your knee and you're no longer the basketball player, there's room for a new and true identity to move in. There's space, right? See, when your identity goes through some deconstruction, there's a fresh new opportunity for reconstruction. This is good. See, think about it like this. I know this was true of me. When you're writing a paper for school, right, and you have your topic, you have your thesis, you're ready to go, and you're typing, you're writing, you're researching, but as you're going, you're like, ooh, as I'm writing and as I'm researching, like, I actually think like a different topic would be better, but like, I don't have time for that. Like, I don't wanna do that. So you just keep chugging ahead, right? You're just like, I'm gonna make it work. And you keep going and going and going and you don't do the work of deconstructing so that you can reconstruct a better paper. Okay, that's 
that's what God might be doing in your life right now. He might be deconstructing your identity to make space and make room for reconstructing your true identity. See, students, it's, it's time, okay? It's time to abandon the original thesis. It's time to go for it with a new topic and start over. It's going to take a little maneuvering, but I promise it'll be worth it. It's worth it every day when I redecide, when I choose again to center my identity on the truth. Maybe in this season you're wondering who you are, like who you really are. Maybe for the first time. Maybe again. Some of us have already decided to make our lives all about Jesus, but we need a refresh because, at least for me, it's easy to start building my life on a false identity without even really realizing it's happening. And if you weren't already wondering who you are before tonight, I'm going to invite you guys to consider that. Okay, so ask yourself, who am I? What is the deepest reality about who I am? The book of Ephesians in the Bible, it has a couple different primary themes. Unity is one of them, and identity is one of them too. We're going to be looking at identity tonight, and the basic message is, if you are a follower of Jesus, then that is your primary identity. That's the deepest reality about who you are. And it forms how you live out all of the other things about you. So if our relationship with God is our primary identity, then we better understand the identity of God, right? Like our relationship with God is our identity. So then what do we need to know about God? We're going to look at Ephesians 2 verses 4 and 5. Oh, this is so good, you guys. It says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we are dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And then Paul just throws in there, in case you didn't get it the first time, (laughs) it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. See, God is rich in mercy, and he loves us. That's his identity. He couldn't stand for us, his beloved creation, to be separated from him. So he went on the ultimate rescue mission. He literally died so that our dead lives could be brought new life and we could live them fully in him. God is mercy. He is love. He is grace that has the power to save. And as a Christian, this is the only identity that you have that's a matter of life and death. Okay, it's the core, the ultimate, the the thing that all the other parts of who you are are formed by, are informed by, makes sense by. My Instagram bio, it describes me in this super brief and true way. It's the, the song lyric that we sing at the very end of our worship set. It says this, oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised my life up from the dead. And then underneath it, it says, wife, mama, pastor, calling the Golden State home. The first line is my identity. I'm a worshiper of Jesus who looked at my life that was dead in sin and gave me new life through his death and resurrection. That's who I am. I'm a worshiper of Jesus. Jesus who looked at my life dead in sin and gave me new life through his death and resurrection. Really, that's a paraphrase of that Ephesians 2 verse. 
Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And then that second line are three of the most important roles that I have in my life, right? As a wife, as a mom, and as a pastor. And I put them second on my bio underneath that because how I live out those roles and really all the roles in my life is formed by my identity in Christ. How I'm a wife, how I'm a mom, how I'm a pastor, how I'm a friend, how I'm a daughter, how I go about social media, how I have conversations, how I do friendships, all of that is formed because of my identity in Christ and by my identity in Christ. So when you think about who you are, before, during, after COVID, whatever you're thinking, think about each of the roles that you have. Think about them. Think about who you are, what you do, what activities you do, all the clubs you're in, what relationships you have, the spaces in life that you fill. Think about them as formed by your identity as a follower of Jesus. You're not just a Christian and a basketball player. You are a Christian basketball player. And there's a difference. You're not just a Christian and a high school student. You're a high school student who's on mission to see your classmates experience the love and saving power of Jesus through you. You're not just a Christian and a kids' church volunteer. You're a kids' church volunteer who prays for those little kiddos because you love them with the love of Christ. You're not just a Christian and an advocate for racial justice. You're an advocate for racial justice who's formed by what the Bible says about God's anti-racist heart. And for those of us who are Christians, I have a second question for us. If you do not identify as a Christian right now, you're trying to figure out this whole faith thing, I encourage you to lean in and just see what other people have to say at this part. It says this. The question is, what stood out to you? Anybody can answer that. Or how is one of the roles in your life formed by your identity as a Christ follower? Okay, so think of one of the roles in your life. I just gave a bunch of examples. How is that uniquely formed by your identity as a Christian, right? How is that different because you're a Christian? Jimmy, I'll have you start. That is such a good question. Um, So if you're watching this, you're probably a middle schooler or high schooler. Um, So I think one part of my identity would be high school student, but I'm a high school student that's on mission. I think Heather talked about it earlier. Um, So what I love about being on mission for my high school is like, I get to go to my high school and not just learn, not just take tests, not just do all that, but I get to partner with the real Jesus who really loves my classmates. Like he really did die for me. He really did die for my classmates to know him. And I walk the halls. I think like if you go to high school, you know, there's so much brokenness in people's lives. People need Jesus. Like I see it all the time. And I have the answer. Like I have truth. Um, So as a high school student, um, I get to walk in the opposite spirit of a lot of what's going on in my high school. Like um, when gossip comes about, I can say, you know what? Yeah, I'm a high schooler and maybe it's expected of me to gossip, but I'm also a Christian and I believe people are made in the image of God, so I'm going to speak truth into them. Um, And maybe people complain all the time, but I have so much joy in my life that, you know what, I'm not going to complain. So yeah, I think my identity as a high schooler is so transformed and so like just rooted in a in a Christian mindset and in a faith of in relationship with Jesus um, that it's just so so awesome being a high schooler. 
So good, Jimmy. Amen. Yes, that's it. So good. You guys, blowing up the chat. Love it. So th some things that have stood out to people, man, Kaden, I love that. Man, I, I love everything you always have to say, Kaden, in the chat. Thanks for being so active on there. Thanks for encouraging all of us. Kaden says, don't be afraid to show that you're a Christian. It's a gift from Jesus. And really, I want to say it's a gift for other people. It's a gift for other people to see that love and that grace that we have to offer, that truth. Jake, Pastor Jake, says, if we claim to be followers of King Jesus, then it means we seek to live out how his kingdom works. That's how we live out our lives, right? Tyler, my amazing husband, we don't compartmentalize our faith. Our faith influences every part of our life. I love what Winston said, Winston Peterson. Being a Christian should change how I behave in my other identities, not the other way around. That's some truth. Whoa. That is so good, Winston. Wow. So good. Loy says, following Jesus helps me as a friend because I can love my friends with the love of Jesus and spread his joy. Because of what I have learned from him, Jesus has molded me as a friend to be more like him. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. I could keep going. Ah, so good. There's so much. April talks about fighting for justice. I look to God for direction, not to mob justice. Social norms change, but God's word doesn't. That's so good. Gabrielle says, I'm definitely not perfect at grace and love and truth. Same. But because I'm a Christian, I'm actively seeking to be more like Jesus to and for my husband and then to other people around me. Yes. That's it. We're not perfect. We're not perfectly living this out. But this is the identity that we're living out of. And it informs, it forms how we live out every other identity in our life. What's Instagram saying, Jim? Um, Michaela Bagasau says, being the older sister in my family, being an example to my three younger siblings, and living a life that encourages them to be like Jesus. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Levi Walker says, being a follower of Jesus really shapes the way I'm a husband. I go to Ephesians 5 to know how to do it. It's so good. Um, Amalani says, as the eldest, be an example to my younger siblings. It's so good as a high schooler, being a student of Jesus and partnering with him. Wow, that's so good. Um, and then Sarah also says, I'm a high school student with a passion for mental health and those around me, not only as a friend, but as a little Christ Christian. It's so good. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow, that's it. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> So good, you guys. So the last thing I want to point out about this verse in Ephesians 2 is actually the first two words. It says, but God. Ooh, but God. This is the gospel. See, right before these verses, Paul goes through a long list of things that we used to be, that we all are apart from God. It says this, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else, but God. But God, but God, rich in mercy, abounding in love, full of grace, went to die in your place so that you could die to your old 
surfacey, corrupted identities and be given a new identity in him. But God, all of this, how we used to live, what we were enslaved to, what we obeyed, our sinful, broken desires, the punishment for that was death. That's what our future was. But God, but God, he died for us to give us a new reality and so that we could live a new life now. This is the good news of the Bible. Oh, I love the Bible. It's here for you today. Are you here for it? Maybe you want to give your life to Christ for the first time and say, that's where my identity is going to lie from now on. These other things don't define me. I want my identity in Christ to define them. Just like Winston said. Or maybe you want to reestablish your identity in Christ as the primary identity that forms all the other parts of your life, all the other parts of who you are. Whether it's for the first time or again, I want to invite you to give your life to Christ. Give your life back to Christ and say, Jesus, my identity is in you and it's in you alone. And it's the only way that I can make sense of all the other roles in my life. And it's the only way that I can live them out with any meaning or true purpose, with any real love and real grace and real truth. This but God statement, it appears other times in the Bible as well. And I just want to do a little bit of a, I don't know, dive in and and look at what it might have to say for a couple different lies we're believing in our life, but God, and then tell you guys what the truth is based on the Bible. Ephesians 1, it's, oh, it's so good. It has all these different identity statements about who we are if we are in Christ. That's what Ephesians 1 goes through. So, I want you to hear what you might be feeling, what you might be thinking, what you might be experiencing, but God, and then hear the truth, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through those now. You might be thinking, I don't have anything to offer God. I don't have a lot of influence. I don't have a big following. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't pray enough, but God. Ooh. Ephesians 1 verse 3, but God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You might not feel like you have much to offer God. I want to say that God has everything to offer you. I'm too sinful. I've gone back to some old habits, and now I don't know how to get back to God or if he really wants me back. I have to clean up my act first. But God... Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You might feel, you might be sinful right now. You might experience sin, but God sees you without fault. When he looks at you, he sees Christ standing in front of you and he sees the righteousness of Jesus and he gives you power to walk out of that sin and walk into your new life. I secretly feel like I don't belong at CA students and that I'll never be as good of a Christian as other people. Sometimes I feel like I'm faking it. We talk about church being a family, but I honestly wonder if if I mess up too much or if I don't do enough in my faith to really be included in that family. But God, Ephesians 1.5, decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Oh, and by the way, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That's what Ephesians 1.5 says, that we were decided in advance to be 
brought into God's own family. I'm too deep into this stuff. I'll never truly be free of my addiction to people-pleasing or pornography or pills. I've tried to stop before, and I can't. But God. But God. Ephesians 1.7 is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. I just feel like someone here needs to know that the things that you fell back into during COVID God has forgiveness for that. God wants to give you grace to not only cover those sins and wash them away, but to walk out of them. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters where you're going. If your identity is in Christ, then you are a beloved child covered by the blood of Jesus. Grace is yours. Receive it and walk out of that sin and into the glorious freedom he has for you. I'm not someone who hears from God. Maybe you think that. I pray, but I don't know if it really does anything. Maybe you feel like I don't have answers about my faith or really answers about my own life. Or What's up, you guys? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome back to CA Students Live. We are so glad that God is at work tonight. He is. He is. No. Yes, even in the midst of a power outage, but God can't get us down, can't deter the message of the gospel of the grace of God. Jimmy was like, man, Satan yeah. like really doesn't yeah. want people to hear about he the grace of God. Here, so you should listen. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently some chains going to be broken. So we're talking about but God here, and I'm just going to keep rolling. Is that cool? Anybody? Okay, cool. So maybe you think that I feel like everything that I thought I knew about my life and the world is different now. Like I don't know what my future holds anymore. But listen to this. But God, this is Ephesians 1.11, chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Whoa. Somebody put that on a bumper sticker, like Whoa. right now. Like that's <laughs> your next Instagram bio. God makes everything work out according to his plan. God makes everything work out according to his plan. He chose us in advance. I'm serious, though. I can't find a way forward. Maybe that's what you're thinking. You're like, okay, I hear that. But like, for real, I feel like things were going well. And now I'm daily battling anxiety and worry about so many things. I don't know if I can make it through. That's real. I don't want to belittle that. I want to sit in that for a minute and say, I feel you. I've also had high anxiety recently. I don't know exactly what the way forward is, not only like a month from now, but day to day. It feels like everything's shifting and changing. The things that I thought I was going to be doing this summer are different. The ways that I thought I was going to be experiencing being a new mom, being back here at CA Students, it's very different. <laughs> but God. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. We could stop there, but we won't. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. That's our future. We have inheritance. We're God's own people. We have the Holy Spirit. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. If you're wondering what hasn't changed, it's our purpose to live in our identity to the praise and glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, powered by the Holy Spirit. 
That's what hasn't changed since COVID. CA students, don't wait for things to go back to normal to figure out who you are anew, for you to feel like yourself again. If God is doing some deconstruction work in you, lean in. When it comes to your identity, remember, it's the deepest reality of who you are. This is who you are we're talking about. It's not a collection of things that you do. It's who you are, the deepest reality. Don't go for easy or cheap or fast because that will be gone the next time you blow up your knee or the next pandemic comes. Go for real and good and lasting and true. Go read Ephesians 1 again, or better yet, read it every day this week. Jimmy just asked me what I read in the Bible today, and I'm like, I've been reading Ephesians 1 and 2 for like three weeks straight, and it's good stuff. I might just do it for three weeks more. God wants to speak his truth over you about who you are. He has a word about your identity that he wants to give you. Would you listen, CA students? Would you lean in? God's here for it. Are you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are good and give us our identity, that you are loving, that you are merciful. Thank you that you saved us from death by your own death and that you give us new life through your own resurrected life. God, would each of us tonight, would each of us think about what you might be wanting to say to us. God, would you posture our hearts in a way that gives us the opportunity to really hear from you, like the real you who really wants to speak to us and, and speak to us a word about the deepest reality about who we are, that we're loved, we're not forsaken, that we're covered by grace, you're not angry with us, that we're chosen, that we have a destiny, that we have a future, that we have a hope. God, whatever it is, would you speak that over each one of us tonight, Lord? And would we, would we build the foundation of our life, the truest reality of who we are, our identity on Jesus and Jesus alone? And would that form every area of our life? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Ooh, CA students, I love you. I miss you every single day. It's so good to be back speaking with you. I can't wait to be back with you in person, but I'm so glad that God is amidst in our presence, even when we're not together. We are going to transition into an awesome, quick after party after Ooh. this, and it's going to be yeah. good. You want to stick around. Love you guys. See you soon.